The year is 1498. You stand motionless with the townsmen at the port of Calicut. You are astounded by the sight. A ship more than double the size of what you have ever seen before rose from the horizon. The colossal beast crawled inch by inch towards the port. The ship finally anchored to the port. The doors opened and exited some of the most foreign people to ever set foot on God's own country. Not having encountered such a scene before, you did not have any idea on how to react. But staying true to your culture of Atithi Devo Bhava, meaning the guest is God, you treat the men from the land far away in the best way possible. The king, Zamorin, himself invited the men to his palace and made sure they had a comfortable stay. But why are they here? How is it going to change things around? Yes, they said they are here for trade, but can that be their only purpose of visit? How is it going to affect your trade or even your life? You stand there and wonder what this means, while the men set in motion a chain of events that resulted in creating one of the largest colonial empires in the world. Thus began the story of colonialism in India. Something that started with the trade of spices, silk, herbs and rice later turned into one of the biggest colonial conquests in the history of colonialism. This episode covers the story of the journey of Vasco da Gama to India and what followed. The years of unilateral trade, oppression and total disregard of humanity. You know, over the past few episodes, I've noticed that I've been saying, you know, a lot, you know. So I was thinking I'd just stop saying, you know, for once and, you know, uh, just have a normal conversation, just not think about, you know, and just cut it short. You get the point, you know, right? Yeah, like half of the 50 words that you spoke just now, it was, you know. I spoke 50 words. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so as mentioned in the voiceover, we'll, uh, we are going to talk about Portuguese occupation in India. And uh, when it comes to Portuguese occupation of India, we have this, I wouldn't say misconception, but most of the people think that uh, it's the Portuguese who came to India uh, first and sta- established the trading route, right? But uh, even before that, there were other uh, countries which had been like trading spices, uh, silk, herbs and other stuff with India even before the Portuguese came into the fray. So, uh, before the Portuguese came, it was the Arabs and even Danish used to trade with India. So, uh, that was such a surprising event for me. Like, Arabs I can understand, but Danish, how did they like come to India even like long before the Portuguese got into India, right? I think the misconception is not about who came here trading first. The misconception is because people miss the fact that Portuguese were the first ones to find a sea 
trading route to india uh, you know over the water so they were the first to navigate uh, around africa and come to india and indian ports right but obviously there was trade much before that india was one of the most um, sought after places for trading uh, even by you know chinese used to trade with us they had this huge warships uh, huge trading ships and all that kind of stuff and the reason that europeans were able to come here and settle down was also because chinese at some point decided to stop the trade with india if they were still continuing it would have been very difficult for arabs and uh, europeans to come to any of the ports in india because they were completely outmatched their ships were like 10 times bigger than or that might be an exaggeration at least it was much bigger than what europeans had and they had you know much more heavier firepower and chinese, stuff like that the chinese the yeah. chinese wow okay they were the first ones to find uh, uh, like invent rockets and all that right yeah so gunpowder also came from china but uh, they they were things. big big uh, i mean it might be an unrelated stuff but the reason that europeans were able to easily come and go uh, was because they had stopped trading altogether okay so vasco da gama he landed in calicut on the 20th of may in 1498 so that actually changed the whole scenario previously traded by arabs and danish the portuguese came and they uh, established themselves in the uh, in the uh, country and it all started in calicut should we be proud or be like oh no <laughs> why did it started kerala right? see there is uh, I, i don't look at it as something that we need to debate whether we should be proud or not uh, things happened the way they did you can't go back and change that and um, but the things what you need to keep in mind is that this had a profound influence on the culture uh, of uh, state of kerala especially even if today if you go back to kochi or even goa you will see a you know great influence uh, from the portuguese culture back in 1500s and portugal at that time was a seafaring country if you remember uh, this was 1498 right in 1492 is when christopher columbus discovered america apparently yeah <laughs> although there were people already there that's a big story for another time maybe but uh, he was also a portuguese man and he took uh, funding from spain to you know um, go to americas and, and he in fact he was the one who was initially trying to come to india but not through a eastern route he wanted to take go west and find out a way around uh, whatever ocean it was well at there. first he thought it's india and named it west indies yes. right so so vasco da gama he didn't actually take his ship and just roam around and found uh, calicut right so uh, he had he got some help from some other people so uh, interesting fact was that uh, there was this person called abdul majid he was also a trader from gujarat and uh, he somehow got to know about vasco da gama and he is the one who helped him find uh, calicut and land there yeah just just taking a side road there uh, uh, another big misconception is that europeans were the ones who brought in christianity and uh, maybe arabs were the ones who got uh, islam here right but that's only partly true because much much before christianity even hit europe or uh, christianity became the religion of europe there were christians in india especially in kerala where uh, it is said that saint thomas who was one of the apostles of jesus christ had landed and he is the one who uh, initially spread christianity in kerala and also in somewhere uh, in 6th century ad is when uh, islam was established right yeah uh, and very close to that time period was when uh, islam started in kerala as well and the first islamic mosque was constructed in kodungallur Uh, which is a place in Trishul district. Uh, it was called it, it during British time. It was called called Crankenor or something like yeah. that. 
so that is where it was established so much before these traders came like vasco da gama and everybody came to india there was christianity already established here so it is not them who bought because i hear this argument all the time that you know um, especially when it comes to discussion about uh, the communal part of india that Europeans were the one to bring those religions here but that's not true i mean it existed almost for 1000 more than 1000 years before they came well uh, we had talked about this in the previous episode if you Did don't we? remember yeah we we didn't talk See, about it elaborately me- but uh, i have just, uh, i have memory of a goldfish so. yeah we we passed through it so uh, abdul majid it's just a refresher yeah. for everyone who's <laughs> probably not heard the last episode uh, yeah oh yeah you should go and check it out go back and check it out we talk about indus valley civilization so this trader called abdul majid he was from gujarat he uh, helped vasco da gama thinking that he would get some you know rewards or like some he could also start a trading uh, route from there but uh, yeah as you would expect europeans they don't really do things in partnership <laughs> so uh, he just helped vasco da gama and just uh, didn't get much in return so there is not much mentioned about abdul majid in history books other than saying that you know I'm he helped vasco da gama same here i it's when i was researching about this i came to know about it so uh, the king who was ruling calicut during that time was zamorin yeah samudri samudri yeah samudri is the actual name so india being a country which was very welcoming samudri that at times backfired as well uh, yeah especially this one <laughs> if you look at it in the long run it did really backfire so uh, he welcomed vasco da gama with open hands and uh, i think i have somewhere i've heard that he also served him jackfruit Mm, that would have been something <laughs> i know vasco da gama would have been like astonished by what what the hell is this if thing if i right? was the i was vasco da gama i would have returned back to europe <laughs> so when uh, he found that the people are like very uh, friendly and they are like helping out then they're ready to trade but uh, even though he faced some resistance from uh, samudri at first when it came to like trading he was uh, not ready to like spend too much mm. and uh, was trying to like plunder <laughs> yeah that that is there but uh, the instruction that he gave to his sailors or traders who were in the ship was that you know give them whatever price they ask for because they were not sure whether this land is a friendly land or people are going to you know cut their throats or something like that uh, but fast forwarding a little bit it did turn out a great deal for them because they were able to sell these spices that they took from kerala back in europe for about 60 times the price they bought it for yeah so uh, at first he was he thought that they'd be like hostile or something but th- once he figured out they're friendly he became stingy and he kind of wanted to like plunder uh, malayalis <laughs> in a you know cutthroat but <laughs> friendly way yeah. so he uh, i think malayalis might be i think they were they would have been very new malayalis because malayalam language formed somewhere around that time Yeah, yeah although yeah. people claim that it is one of the oldest language yeah, it's, it's not, not true, it's yeah. not yeah so they started trading uh, spices poppy seeds silk herbs rice um, and then they made a profit of uh, like at least 60% out of it yeah is it 60% or is it 60 times i think it is 60 times profit Huh, yeah, because Europeans times. would have paid anything for those. Prices, yeah, it was sixty right? times. I'm yeah. so sorry. Uh, I got it. Sixty percent is not yeah, a nothing. good it's deal, not, man. It's not for a good deal. Yeah, bringing a big ship <laughs> no, full of people all the way. Right now, it's a, d- a good deal. Like in this, the in the present world, if you're like making sixty percent profit yeah. on your business, it's like considered to be a pretty 
big deal so uh, vasco da gama after trading with uh, malayalis he realized that oh yeah this is like a profitable business probably we should set up an empire here like they have been doing that for a long time they have, they went to like africa they uh, was it before this or like after this that they went to africa, africa would have been probably after this after this right so they were like doing business with china and establishing their empire there and all that so they thought uh, because India could provide a lot of spices and all those kind of things which is not available to the rest of the world they thought okay we'll start an empire in India and start trading with uh, all these things yeah start an empire probably the world is not trading it would be more like plundering yes uh, <laughs> yes so he went and convinced the king but uh, he he was not fortunate enough to like come back and uh, be the one who to set up the empire then after uh, vasco da gama it was uh, pedro alvarez cabral who came to india in uh, 1502 to like trade so vasco da gama didn't come back at all after that i th- and i think he died in 1525 around that time but he died in he i think he made three voyages, voyages to uh, yeah Kerala. but none to like set up a empire yeah nothing he came here and he went back and ultimately he died in the city of kochi probably not city at that time but he died in kochi and he was actually uh, buried in kochi as well you know the place in fort kochi right vasco da gama where we yeah yeah, yeah yeah chill out but and then his body, body his body was taken back by portuguese yeah so pedro alvarez cabral also came to india and he started trading but he was also not able to like set up any empire here but uh, then the king portuguese king he sent uh, francisco de almeida to india to set up an empire and he proclaimed him to be the first governor of uh, india first portuguese governor of india and uh, he reached the subcontinent in uh, in the year 15 1505 and he is known for his blue water policy uh, which which, which uh, prohibited from other europeans from trading with india uh, europeans and arabs also so so what the thing was like uh, if he wanted arabs and danish to like cut off the trade from india he had to like build forts and fight against them uh, in land right so that was not a feasible method because uh, portuguese they were known for their uh, firepower in the navy so instead of cutting off uh, cutting them off uh, through lands what they did was like they built up their uh, navy set up posts in the ports so whenever these traders would come from uh, other countries like danish and arabs would come to india he could defend uh, those ports and not the, let them trade in those ports so this is what is called the blue water policy so basically instead of attacking from land they set up a aggressive navy tactics to make these uh, traders go back without uh, being able to like dock in the ports so uh, francisco de almeida was one of the major uh, person to like establish the portuguese empire in india after that the second governor was alfonso de albuquerque he came to uh, he wrote the story of breaking bad right because right. it is uh, it happens in albuquerque albuquerque right ah uh, that hurts that hurts okay so he is known for his controversial ways and techniques to like uh, establish an empire in india he was the original heisenberg probably yeah uh, i'm not sure if he had the hat but uh, i'm pretty sure he was bald okay uh-huh. i'm not even sure if he was bald but uh, probably they'll have a picture or something somewhere over there so he is the one who uh, conquered goa in 1510 and establish his base there so that's how we have uh, a lot of portuguese in, uh, influence in goa right so uh, like if you look at different uh, parts of india there are like different places which is like particularly assigned to like a different culture like goa we have portuguese and uh, 
Pondicherry it's French right Pondicherry Mahi and all Mahi and all is like French. French it's because they were the ones who had set up their base there and right. lived there for like centuries so uh, Goa went to Portuguese and uh, Alfonso de Albuquerque he established his uh, base there he uh, his controversial ways were like he wanted the portuguese men who had come from uh, come to india to mingle with uh, indian women so that they can intermix and build a you know community uh, in india and probably establish an empire through that way so when i was uh, writing the show notes i came across the word mingle but it took me like a good 2 minutes to realize he was talking about uh, making the portuguese men have sex with indian women <laughs> or maybe get married to them or something yeah something like that so he wanted to like procreate and uh, build an empire here it's like a completely different method followed by you know all the other colonial countries but he didn't actually realize his dream of properly setting up an empire in india because he died in uh, 1515 and uh, he was buried in goa but uh, like vasco da gama he was, his body was later taken back to portuguese this is how things started if you compare the portuguese with the uh, british they were a lot more mellow they were not like that cruel in comparison and uh, it it's not like they just came and they took the spices her herbs and all that and went back they also gave us a lot of things so uh, some of the trades that they did with india were like some of the things that they gave india was uh, potato i'm very thankful for that mm. uh, then sugarcane peanuts came to india because of the portuguese cashew then raisins and almonds so there were like a lot of things that they gave back and uh, uh, that that's what they gave when it came to like food and other uh, you know those kind of stuff but uh, they also gave us uh, the printing press mm-hmm. printing press came to india because of the portuguese and they also helped us uh, you know improve our ship building techniques so it's not like they didn't give us back anything but uh, it was still not like a pleasant time during uh, the portuguese occupation and it's also said that i did a lot of research on this but i was not able to figure out uh, if it's true or not they actually built a fort in india but it was later taken away by the dutch but i try to like figure out which port it is but uh, there's nothing mentioned on the internet port. about yeah fort <coughs> i'm so sorry it could be chapora i meant fort <laughs> yeah chapora <laughs> yeah. fort in fort in goa where dilchata was yeah yeah maybe i'm not really sure or it could be the fort kochi fort also there is a fort in fort kochi yeah. know, right maybe that's why like they they had it's a very small fort in fact it's but it's it doesn't exist exist Anymore, there is a wall right? that exists i can yeah. see, i have seen that last time when i visited there was a wall and one cannon on top of that or something maybe that's the one because it's mentioned nowhere they anyway destroyed it so they established one po- uh, fort also in uh, india and uh, the portuguese language and mm. malayalam also has a lot of similarity yeah i was uh, taken aback uh, when my friend my colleague and my friend uh, from my office praveen He's an expert in many things like making fonts, writing short stories and stuff like that. So one day we were discussing about language and he said that Malayalam has many words which are not imported, how do you say, uh, loaned from other languages. And as example, he said that Portuguese language has a big influence on Malayalam and uh, examples were the words for window uh, which is which is janala in Malayalam and uh, in Portuguese it's almost the same janala, janela, right? Yeah. And uh, the word for table which is mesha in malayalam and almost similar word is uh, mesa in um, portuguese as well and uh, the big onion it's called uh, sabola in malayalam right and in portuguese it's called cebola, cebola. so i 
<laughs> I was like, okay, so this is Malayalam is completely a combination of lot of Portuguese and Arab words and stuff like that. Probably uh, you said that Malayalam is a very new uh, language, right? Yeah. So when the Portuguese came, we were just developing the language. So mm. maybe that's why they took, so they uh, borrowed all the yeah, words. They, they contributed a lot of words. Maybe there were no proper words for these, and I think it was uh, before Malayalam. It was mostly Tamil in uh, Kerala side, right? So when they were creating this new language, they thought anyway, you know, Portuguese have given names for these. Why to recreate something? Reinventing the wheel is not required, and maybe they loaned these words. Uh, there is a list of there are list of words which are loaned words from other uh, languages in Malayalam, mostly from Arab and uh, Portuguese. Yeah, so uh, that be it, right? So. During the Portuguese like occupation, it was not that bad, but it was not like uh, beds of flowers. There were like issues, but uh, it was a lot better than uh, how it was during the British occupation. So next time uh, we're gonna cover colonialism in India during the occupation of Dutch. So uh, just to give a brief, like it was the time uh, the Dutch were like very uh, friendly and they were like comparatively. to all the other colonial powers they were like a bit more uh, tolerant and uh, more cooperative so uh, in the next episode we'll be covering about dutch occupation of india over and out